Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Kylie Ann on the podcast from CAG Financial. After working in financial services since she was 17, Kylie Ann has a wealth of knowledge in the financial services sector. Armed with this experience as a mortgage and protection advisor, Kylie Ann decided to start her own company in 2017. So Kylie Ann's team now consists of her and another broker, Max, and their aim is to simply to allow clients to have access to down-to-earth, straightforward mortgage advice, which I think is so important. Kylie-Anne is a huge animal lover, and we were talking about this just before we came on the podcast. She's got two dogs, but if it was down to her, she'd have a lot more, she says. <laughs> when she was able to do the home visit appointments before the pandemic, she'd always upload photos of clients' dogs on her social media channels, and that's how I got talking to Kylie-Anne, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kylie-Anne. I wanted to do a few background questions first to get to know who you are, but I wanted then to really get into your social media content as from me looking from the outside, I can see it's extremely successful on what you do on social media. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What an intro. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about how you were you had to uh, skid into work today because you've had the bad snow, haven't you? I know. Yeah. Um, so where are yeah. you based? So I'm in Selby, which is just near York. Um, and we're very flat here, so we don't have much snow. Um, but yeah, in typical Selby Council style, there's not a single bit of grit on the road. So yeah, nice to <laughs> normal. And you were saying that you have to, so you're in the office at the moment, you've got office premises, haven't you? Yeah. But purely because your internet's not very good at home. No, even though I live in a new build, um, on the whole estate, my street is the only street that didn't get fibre fitted. And there's no fibre coming. So, so yeah, it's pretty much old school broadband. So you have to go into the office to make sure you can do Zoom calls and, and actually send emails? Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Right, so I wanted to start off. Could you tell us a bit about how you became a mortgage advisor and what did you start off doing when you were 17? So I went to college, didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I actually did fashion for some stupid oh, reason. Right. Um, but I just loved drawing and I was into the design um side of stuff so I, I sort of went down that route but probably after six months of college I discovered that it wasn't going to be what I wanted to do and it was basically just messing about every day not taking it seriously <laughs> room full of girls you know trips to Italy and things like that so nobody was really taking it seriously um and then I decided that I wanted to get a full-time job wanted to be earning some money um and a job actually came up with Barclays and everybody said to me at the time, are you too young to go work in a bank? You know, you won't get it. Try putting me off. Um, anyway, I just, I went for the interview, got on with the manager really well. And she actually liked the fact that I was so young because she was convinced she could mould me. Oh, right. I had no previous experience, which is what she wanted. Um, so yeah, I started at Barclays at 17 and then started as a cashier worked my way up to be a personal banker and then I noticed when I was working as a personal banker that the bit I enjoyed was the lending and the protection 
I really liked speaking to people about the plans to buy a home. Um, and that was where it sparked my interest in it, really. So I think I was 19 when I did my SEMA. Um, oh, and then started being a mortgage advisor at 20. So, and that yeah. was within Barclays, was it? That was within Barclays, yeah. Um, and then I was there for a few years had my little girl and then when I went back after maternity leave I just decided that I didn't want to travel anymore so I got a job with a local estate agent um which gave me a bit more experience of working with more than one lender so that was good it also gave me a lot of knowledge on the property side of things as well because I saw you know from start to finish rather than me just doing the mortgage I saw the whole journey which was really yeah. good um I was there for four years and then I just decided that I'd had enough of the corporate world and I didn't really want to be managed anymore. I wanted to be able to do things a certain way. Um, and as much as going self-employed scared the life out of me, I knew that that was the only way I was going to be able to do it. So yeah, I just, I just did it and went from there. And a few people told me I was mad um, because it is a big risk and everything but I always had in the back of my mind that I would go and do anything so if it did go wrong I'd go and sit on a checkout any day you know I wasn't wasn't fussed like, about what I'd have to do to earn money so you're willing to take that risk to to be able to work for yourself almost yeah um and it, it went really well I was busy pretty much from day one um and I've just built on that really so yeah it's it's gone well I'm glad I oh, did that's awesome that'll be really good when we ask like I'll call it the strategy question towards the end of the podcast talk about how you build a business from the ground up that's exactly what you've done isn't it so yeah that'll be quite interesting <laughs> and what the good thing is I suppose you've had you've been in every kind of industry as a mortgage broker you've been in the bank industry you've been in the corporate world mm -hmm. and now you've been in the self-employed is there a huge difference? Because there will be people listening to this that work in the corporate world or work in the banking world at the minute are thinking of taking that leap. Is there a huge difference between the three of them? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I speak to some friends now that I still have that work at the bank and as awful as it sounds, they all sound so fed up because they've had to deal with this pandemic, but with you know, the corporate side thrown in and, you know, they're sort of been pushed into doing other roles because they've not got the customers coming into the branch like they had before. So they're now, you know, having to help with the call centres and things like that. Whereas, you know, they're, they're not allowed to just do the job, what they've trained to do. Um, I suppose it's quite hard as well because they can't really, I don't know how banks work, but don't, I wouldn't expect they'd be able to go out and self-generate gen, their own business by setting up a social media channel to bring in the business because there's probably yeah. a lot of restrictions on them yeah it is restricted and i think even with estate agents it is still heavily restricted i think they're trying to move away from that a bit more now but um i don't think you get the freedom at all that you get from being self-employed and i think that's why it's important that you choose the right network as well because i'm under primus which you know you know does give their advisors a lot of freedom with the yeah. social media side of things whereas i've got friends that work for other networks and you know they're only allowed to post once a week and it's heavily restricted on what they can say so yeah it's it is very different um but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world this is definitely the best way to do this job that's the way and your and your team has obviously grown 
I'll keep on saying this year, but it's now 2021. But last <laughs> year you took on you took on Max, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Max is working with you. And you you were, we were speaking before we started this that you're absolutely rammed, aren't you? Yeah, and we had this conversation actually because he was an area manager for O2. So he was brand new to the industry. And, you know, he, I think a lot of people presume that they have to do this job in a certain way. They have to get bank experience or they have to go work for an estate agent. Um, whereas really, I think nowadays, I think you can just go straight into being a broker and learn as you go. Um, yeah. And that is exactly what he's done, obviously, with my support. And he's, he is, he's getting a different situation thrown at him every day and he's absolutely loving it. And it's not just because he gets to work with me, but <laughs> he, he honestly has said that it is the most excited he's been about a job because it's different mm -hmm. every day. And that's, I always say this from what other people have told me is when you pass your CMAP, CMAP the real training starts then. Absolutely. You've got to have that on the job experience, haven't you? Yeah. You see map really is just ticking a box. Um, yeah. But you see map doesn't teach you how to deal with all the different scenarios that we get thrown at us on a daily basis. That comes with experience. And I think that's the best part of the job because even now, you know, over 10 years in, I still get people ringing me and I think, God, what am I going to do with this? And that's what I love about it because you can never stop learning. Like a problem solving. And talk to me about you're getting a lot of clients coming to you that have been rejected elsewhere at the moment, haven't you? Yeah, um, which we love. Um, it, it's one thing that I'm really, really passionate about when clients do come to us. I've, I've had a few recently that have been booked in with us and then I've had a chat with someone before coming to us and then contacted us and said, oh, I need to cancel the appointment. And we've gone back and said, why? Why are you cancelling? Um, and they've said, oh, well, we've spoken to another advisor today and they've told us no. And I've said to each one of them, no, keep your appointment with us. You know, you need a second opinion. And every single one we've managed to get agreed. And I'm not saying that because I think we're the best, <laughs> the best in the world at what we do. And we're not doing anything differently. I just think we're very good at doing a deep dive on the customer's situation, fully understanding everything. And we work very, very hard on a case to get to the point where we have to say no. And in all honesty... Yeah it's quite rare that we get a no. And even if we do get a no, we work with people to get them in a position to turn it around to a yes, whether that be six months down the line, there's still a client. I think when you get you get that phone call, I can imagine as soon as somebody says, oh, another broker said no, like you just go into this laser post <laughs> and you're like, right, I'm not letting this person go until I find them. So they, but it's like you said, it's deep diving into that initial phone call with them and finding out really there might be something that, another broker may not have picked up on but it's really getting into the nitty-gritty of it isn't it yeah and I think you know no disrespect to other advisors but I think there is a lot out there that at the minute that are just feeling a bit overwhelmed by the constant criteria changes you know all the issues that we're having with furlough self-employed people having to have a break from trading um, everything that COVID has caused, I think some brokers have just sort of switched off to it and don't want to take any of that work on. Whereas that work to me, you know, just gives us the biggest buzz because if, if you've got someone coming to you that's been told no, they're already so low, you know, they've got no expectations of what you're going to be able to do. So if you had to turn around to them and say, actually, yeah, you know, we have got your decision in principle, they absolutely love you. That must be the best phone call to make ever. 
it after is. they've been told no and then for you to phone them and say you can go and find that house that you want yeah yeah and we've we've started sending it max came up with the idea actually but when we um getting decision in principles approved and also mortgage office issues we started sending like a little gif um oh, and like right. someone doing a dance and it's saying you know decision in principle accepted or someone blowing a party oh. for things like that and we won't say anything we'll just send them that and the response that we've had from it has just been great Incredible. because things are a bit dull at the minute and i think yeah. that's just a little way to cheer people up a bit did you know you can you can make your own gifts for free well i've been using canva yeah. Do the, I don't think it is an actual gift, but it's a very, very short video. Right. Um, and we've been sending those. So well, what I'm gonna yeah. I'll, after this, we'll uh, I'll talk you through how to make your own gift, and there can be you two kind of dancing, and you can just send yeah. that as a, as a oh, gift Max, to them. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite interesting. That it's must be great from a marketing point of view for Max from the mobile phone communications world coming into it. I suppose mm -hmm. it brings a whole fresh approach. And that, that gift's a perfect example, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, Max coming in as well, um, I've I've sort of been very content with my own client bank and I've always had a steady flow of clients from social media and recommendations from other clients. So I've, I've sort of stayed busy enough to not really having to go look for any new business. Wow. Um, whereas Max coming in is obviously starting from scratch. He wants to build his own client bank. So it's been good to have him come on board because he's, you know, getting involved with local solicitors. He's gone out and got to know other people in the area and introduced himself. And that's ended up in us actually getting some new introducers as well. So, And that's, yeah. you, you both are very personable people. How have you kind of found it doing Zoom appointments instead of going, because you used to visit people before the pandemic, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And then when we moved into the premises, um, we just got, used to having people coming here and it was really nice and I mean I've spent the last sort of three years driving around and I was doing a lot of miles and as much as I love seeing people in the houses it made sense to get the premises and try and get them coming here yeah so I'm in one place um and it was it was working so well to so to suddenly lose that and have to go over zoom it was a bit disappointing but we've handled it well um what you know, would you say your split is in between telephone and zoom appointments at the minute um i would say i'm doing 70 percent zoom oh are you well god that yeah. hard. yeah and i much prefer it i think i think at the beginning people were a bit like oh zoom i'm not using zoom but now because we're a year into this people yeah. have just accepted that that is the norm now and yeah i thought at the beginning I, <coughs> excuse me i thought more people would be more reluctant to do zoom and video calling but it just seems like it is people have accepted it now yeah i think it's just part of life now and i think especially people that are working from home anyway they're used to doing all the meetings over zoom and teams themselves so yeah. Yeah, it's so not really a big issue for a lot of people um, well, I think video calling will be i remember going to america I think it was two or three years ago and everybody facetime out there nobody spoke on the phone and i thought wow that's weird was back here now you see so many more people doing facetimes it because yeah. of this it's just changed the whole world hasn't it this especially from a mark from a kind of video call point of view and how we communicate yeah yeah i think it's good though i think people are adapting to it well but 
I still think human contact is the way to go, and I can't wait for the point to spend it. And although I won't be seeing the dogs in the houses, I will be telling them to bring them with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, that leads me perfectly onto the social media section of the podcast because this is a big thing that we started speaking about, didn't we? Because I, what happened was I worked with uh, Kate McTurnham from the uh, Linear Financial Solutions Group and got to know Kylie yeah. Ann through that started following Kylie Ann's Facebook page and every day, what well, was every day, wasn't it? There was a new photo of a dog pop up and I thought either this lady works at an animal shelter or <laughs> she's stealing people's dogs. And what it was, well, actually, Kylie Ann, you tell the story. What do you do with the photos of the dogs? Um, I just seem to attract people with dogs <laughs> <laughs> because I love dogs. I think, honestly, I believe in the law of attraction and I think that's what it is. But um, yeah, so when I was going out and seeing clients, Obviously, anyone that's got a dog adores the dog. So if you adore the dog, that is a great way to make a relationship instant. So yeah. I was going out, you know, getting to know the families and everything and just just bonding with them, really. And a great way of doing that and giving them a bit of a fuss was taking a picture of the dog, getting it on my social media. They then saw it, loved it because it was a bit different. I wasn't just posting about mortgages. Yeah. Um, they would then share it, which meant that more people were seeing my page and again, seeing that it was something a bit different. So yeah, it worked really well. Um, At what point of the appointment do you turn around and go, right, so we've sorted you like, we've sorted your movies. Also, do you mind if I take a photo of your dash hours? <laughs> just at the end, yeah, I just drop it into conversation. Um, dog people love their dogs and they love yeah. the dogs getting attention, don't they? So it's, I think a lot of people with dogs care more about the dogs than they do the kids. So yeah, they're quite happy to get them plastered all over Facebook. But... Well, isn't isn't that a perfect example? Everybody will have pet insurance, but not everybody has life insurance. Exactly. You think about it like that. Yeah. How crazy that is in life. I know. And it when I I think I sat after the first year of doing it, I put like a bit of a collage together of everyone that I'd done, and I couldn't believe how many I'd actually seen and how many I'd shared. There were how hundreds. many was there? Hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's almost like people think they have to have a dog to book an appointment for me, and it's it's working well. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you just have to rent. There you go. There's another side business. We'll rent you a dog, and then you can have an appointment with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wanted to highlight that fact because it it is something that I talk to a lot of my clients about is what you want people to do is come across your Facebook page and almost have content that they are a bit surprised by that they don't expect a mortgage advisor to have a photo of a dog on there every day yeah and that piques their interest then have you ever walked into a house and somebody said oh I've seen your photos of other people's dogs on you so yeah. yeah yeah quite a few times um yeah <laughs> yeah although I've been into people's houses and they'll go oh come and meet my dog I know you love dogs and yeah it's just it's just instant it's just the way of you know then it's no, a friend finder, person. isn't it? Yeah. It's it's being able when you walk through that door, they're already invested in you as a person because they've by them telling you that they have a dog and they know that you love dogs. Well, they must have already looked through your social channels. So already you know it's not a cold start, then, don't you? Yeah, and I, I think the videos as well that I've done. Um, I had a an appointment with young first-time buyer last week and when he actually emailed me to book the appointment his first line was 
I've been watching your videos for the past few years. And I was like, don't know whether to be freaked out by this or, or whether I've actually been helpful. Yeah, I like the wallpaper um, in your living room. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was really sweet, actually, because I think when you post them, you know, and you might see that, you know, 400 people have viewed it or whatever. I think sometimes I just presume that that's people scrolling and they might have watched the first five seconds of it. But to me, if one video has helped one person, then that's all I've set out to achieve. So it, it's really nice when people do give me feedback on them. That you, that was actually part of my next question. It was, when when did you start doing videos? When was your first one? Um, I think about two years ago now. Was it that, that long? Wow, it doesn't, I thought it was like within the last 12 months, but yeah. I remember you putting you, what was the moment where you thought, right, I've just got to do it? Um, I think because I'd seen a lot of other industries um, using video and I think, you know, Facebook can be very static when you scroll in, you know, it can be pictures and it can be statuses. And I think videos are the one thing that make you stop even if you watch it for 10 seconds and then switch it off, it's a lot easier to get someone's attention, I think, personally, on a video than it is a photo or a status. Um, and the first one that I did, I think I, I refilmed it about 50 times, um, pulled myself to pieces every time I watched it, and I was so self-conscious. But, you know, I've said before, it's, it is stupid that we get so worried about doing a video because it is just us this is what we look like in person it's no different um like almost on them there's no yeah so so yeah i should do them more regularly now than i do but again it's just down to time but when i do do them which is probably once a fortnight at the moment um they do get a good response and yeah you know we do get a lot of appointments as well off the back of them so yeah they do they work they definitely make work. sure you do video where do you come up with your topics because this is a, another thing that mortgage brokers talk about is they find it hard to come up with with content or topics to speak about um i will either just pull something out of the air last minute <laughs> or um i use a website called ask the people you heard of yeah. that? Ask the public. With, with ask the public with the video yeah. of the guy looking at you that looks a bit yeah. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll go on there and see what people have been searching for in terms of mortgages. Um, but in all fairness, I think it's just keeping it relevant to what's going on right now. Yeah. I think people are constantly looking for answers in terms of how furlough is affecting everybody, you know, the whole self-employed situation um i think that's people's biggest concern right now so yeah just keeping it relevant keeping it in line with what's on what's social media on. what's on the news um, so a couple of things there that answer the public that kylie ann spoke about is a website where you can pretty much type in any topic and it will show you it picks from the internet what people have been searching for so you can see topical content and the reason i spoke about this there's a bloke there's like a video on there and he's just looking at you and he looks really freaky but you'll know you're on the website when you see that <laughs> bloke if you go and google it now you'll know exactly what i'm on about um and then the second thing talking about topical content is adding value more than anything and that's exactly what Kylie Ann does instead of pitching at the business at people for the business which is what Gary V goes on about that I follow a lot of the time is he talks about this jab 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 right hook so jab 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 with loads of value and then your right hook is your pitch for the business exactly what Kylie Ann was talking about is adding that value talking about what furlough is 
how do limited company work? It's those type of topics that you speak about, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I have had other advisors say to me when I first started doing the videos, are oh, you giving people too much knowledge? Right. If you give them all that, then they can just do it themselves. And I just think how ridiculous because, you know, you're not sort some sort of gatekeeper that has to yeah. hold all the information and you can't give it out. I mean, that's what we're here for. And I think, you know, people do come to us because they want us to look after them and they know that, you know, we know how to help. But ultimately, if you can be confident on camera giving information out, then people just buy into you even more because it's apparent that you know what you're talking about if you're willing to do it on camera. You position yourself as this thought leader, don't you? Mm. That's what you that's you want to get to the position where people tag their friends in because they've been having a chat over Zoom about furlough and they've seen your video and oh Katie Smith, let me tag you in this. You can see what Kylie Ann's talking about. Yeah. That's the position you want to get to, isn't it? Definitely. The other thing that you do on social media, which I've had a look at and they people do respond to them in quite a positive way, is you tell good news stories like savings of money or um, client stories about, say, how, like you spoke about before, that you got somebody a mortgage and they didn't think they could, could get. How successful have you found those when you release them? Those are the best things that we post. Um, right. You know, I'm... I could sit for two hours messing about on Canva and it get one like, or yeah. I could post something, you know, that is just text, but it has got so much power behind it. Because a lot of the time when, you know, we are telling people that they got something accepted that they were originally told no one, it's giving people hope. And I think at the minute we're lacking hope in a yeah, lot of yeah, areas of our lives. I think, <laughs> you know, people are dying to go on holiday. We don't know when we can. You know, we, we're dying to see our families. We don't know when we can, but I think us posting things like that, and I did. we did one last week where I said, you know, we had three customers that had all come to us, um, all different situations, and every single one was told no, and within a week of seeing us, every single one was told yes, and we got messages off the back of that straight away saying, oh, I've seen so-and-so, could we have a chat with you? Um, and I think it's just... It's just showing people that, you know, not everything's doom and gloom and there is always another way because even when we do get the clients that we can't help straight away, I think that's the problem with a lot of advisors. They'll just say, no, go away, save £10,000 more and then come back to us. Whereas we will work with them to help them save and we keep in touch with them, see how they're doing. And it's just, it's that relationship for me. That is the most important thing in the whole business. If you've got your relationships right, everything will look after itself. I'm sure you can hear from Kylie on how passionate you are about the word relationship. It, it's not a transaction for you, is it? It's building yeah. a relationship with that person. Yeah, and I think it's it's the way you're speaking to people as well. I mean, I... I don't wear a suit, you know, when I turned up to people's houses, you know, I'd just be dressed like a normal person. I didn't look intimidating. And I think it's moving away from that stigma that financial advisors, mortgage brokers carry, you know, from mm. years ago where this is going to sound really sexist and horrible, and I don't mean it in this way, but where you'd stereotypically expect, you know, an, a man in his 50s with a briefcase. And an a old white dude in the isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and... You know, that's off-putting for a lot of people, whereas I think the the generation now of brokers that are coming through, it's it's so refreshing to see people that, you know, don't even wear a shirt because at the end of the day, they are just a normal person having a normal conversation, trying to help somebody. We're not on a different level. 
Yeah. Um, and we... They do wear something on top, though, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just like the, the topless morning yeah. advisor. <laughs> <laughs> but it um, is that, it's that kind of shift now, isn't it, that people are yeah. a lot more relaxed in that world. And the nice thing with you is, as you say, you go to somebody's house, you're not dressed in this whole kind of like power suit, but then you're exactly the same when you are on video. So those two images are the same, which shows to me as a consumer is there's that consistency. You're not trying to be somebody different when you're on that appointment, mm -hmm. but you're also not trying to be somebody different when you're on camera. Yeah. I mean, I've had people come to me that have seen other advisors and they'll come to me in tears because they've been made to feel that rubbish about, you know, a lip on the credit score or not having enough deposit or something like that. And I think that conversation for that person could put someone off buying for life they could just think right it's not going to happen i'm not saving i'm going to spend my money and i'll just rent forever and i think you need to be human if you're dealing with people you need to be human and you need to be on their level and you need to understand their problems and that's one thing i've always been big on i love problem solving and i yeah, love it sounds like it you know, getting the best outcome and i think anyone starting out now you know, the biggest focus should be on your relationships with clients because, like I said, if you get that right and you get your reviews and you get a good reputation, everything else will just fit into place. And social media is the perfect place to do that, isn't it, to really show. What's your, what would you say is your favourite social media platform? One, for business, and two, personally, because talking about the fashion, you you must be addicted to Instagram. <laughs> um it's more interiors nowadays that i'm obsessed with than clothing oh, but it? um i'd say for the business definitely facebook um i just think that's that's got the biggest traction in terms of what contact we get from clients um and i think when people are looking for advice a lot of people go to facebook now you know whether it's looking for a professional or asking your mates for recommendations yeah. i think that is all done on facebook um personally though instagram i'm instagram. more visual so yeah that, that works for me. you know with facebook what would you say is the percentage of your new leads that come in or leads in general um business for me personally i i'd say it's as high at the minute as 80 percent wow 80 wow. percent yeah so guys if you're listening to this rewind this whole episode now and go and listen to everything that Kylie Ann does on social media because if, if you're getting 80% of your business through Facebook and you're not paying for any of these adverts are you, this is all natural this is organic yeah yeah I think I mean we do get some from the website as well but generally what tends to happen is um people will go to the Facebook look on there go to the website and then we get quite a lot of messages through the website as well so I think it's it all starts with Facebook, whether it's somebody sharing something or, you know, somebody seeing us recommended. Um, in the community. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of social media, and I, lo I love asking this question to get loads of p different people's opinions, is because you've got a daughter, haven't you? Mm -hmm. So if somebody came to you and was speaking about social media and said social media is the root of all evil and need to keep my children off it, what would you say to them? I think there's absolutely no point trying to keep them off it because I think it's too big now. Yeah. I think it's almost like not letting your kid eat cake and then you'll catch <laughs> them in the bedroom, you know, sneakily eating a cake. It, 
I think they're going to do it anyway. If you try and keep them off it, I think they'll find a way to be on it, whether you know about it or not. And I think it's better to have that open and honest discussion of, yes, you know they're going to be on it, but this is the way to do it properly. This is what yeah. to avoid. I don't think it's the root of all evil because I think... I think as much as it has a lot of negatives you know there's a lot of nasty people online i think it you know during this pandemic can you imagine not having social media for the past 12 months how would people have connected how yeah you know it's, it's kept a lot of people sane um and it has brought people together so yeah i i will try and keep her off it she's aware she knows what it is and yeah. um, she's only seven at the minute so she's far too young to be on it but you know, when she's old enough, I'd be open and... It will be part. It will be part of her life. I'll just accept it, but you just need to keep an eye on it, obviously. Yeah, and if she ever did get into business, then they need to understand the import. I think people need to understand the importance of, yeah, it is a social media platform, but to get your message out there, regardless of what business, it might be a non-profit business, a charity, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. you cannot avoid how social media can help that business. Yeah, definitely. And that's any business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, it's huge now. And I think, you know, if, if you're not willing to get on it now, I think you're absolutely crazy. Whether you like it personally or not, because I know that there's a lot of people that don't like it personally, but just use it for the business. Um, I think that's I think quite, you know, I think that's quite tough sometimes if, you, if you're not familiar with it to use it for business. Or do you think somebody can learn to use it for business if they haven't used it personally in the past? No, I think somebody can learn it, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I don't know everything. I mean, there's all these new things coming out, like Clubhouse. Um, yeah. I do not understand TikTok at all. I downloaded it and I said to Max, <laughs> I'm going to make a TikTok video. And I was still there an hour later trying to work out what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, it's crazy, hasn't it? It has, yeah. And I think it will keep growing and I think we'll keep getting other things coming in. Um I think the big ones will always stay there. I think Facebook yeah. will stay and I think Instagram will stay, but I think there's always going to be these other little things chipping in. Jump here and there kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Right, so social media, we're done. Now, strategy question. This I, I, I love this question. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to, we'll say the north of Scotland. Mm -hmm. You've got a laptop, a mm -hmm. mobile phone and internet connection and it's it's good internet connection not like the stuff you've got at your house all right i'll go now I'll go. <laughs> what steps would you take to start with to start a whole new mortgage business and generating leads um i think i would look online for networking groups okay. i do quite a lot of networking myself um and i love that and i think it does work if you give it your time um they're all online now in a way. So you okay. can technically join any networking group from anywhere. Which which so websites I, do you use? Um, the main one that I'm on is called the Business Network in York. Okay. Um, I've been a member there for coming up to three and a half years, I think. And I've had a lot of success off that. Um, so yeah, getting involved with networking and then just going out and speaking to people, just going and finding you know local businesses nearby introducing yourself just talking to as many people as you can and getting your business cards dropped off everywhere it might sound a bit old-fashioned but I think you've got to have a mix of face-to-face -face and your online stuff as well which hopefully once all of this is over we will get back to but you can't nobody knows about your social media without seeing your face out there 
and nobody knows about your face unless they've seen your social media. So they, I suppose mm. they go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah, definitely. So you go out and have a chat with all the local businesses, get your face out there and really yeah. grow it from there. Yeah. Awesome. So if you're starting out a mortgage business, that's what you've got to get out on foot and join lots of kind of networking groups. Did you do a lot of networking before the pandemic then? Did you go face-to-face uh, meetings? Yeah, yeah. They, once a month I'd go to a face-to-face meeting and we do them in like a, a local hotel. So we sit down, have a nice meal together and yeah, it's, oh, nice. it's a really good group and yeah, we get a lot of business off it. So it's... You can't wait to get back out. Well, well, it depends how busy you are when this all ends because it sounds yeah. like at the moment you haven't got a... <laughs> got a I know, but I just like going for the meal, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so is it a free meal? Well, I suppose you pay your entrance yeah. fee, yeah. don't you? Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's great. So get out there, go and speak to people and then start building your online presence with videos, posts and, and good news stories, I suppose, mm-hmm. using a lot of those. Yeah, definitely. But that's useful for everybody. Well, Carly, and before we end the podcast, obviously say thank you very much for coming on. Um, I hope people have got some great value from that. I really like what you talk about social media and and how you've built it up over the last couple of years. I'm sure that'll be really useful for people. Everybody that I asked to come on to the podcast, I asked them about a charity that's close to your heart and I'll make a £10 donation. So which charity um, did you want to make make it for? I'm just going to be a huge cliche now, but Dogs Trust, please. Dogs trust, right? That's it. <laughs> it keeps in in keeping with the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you probably could have guessed, to be honest. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'll um, I'll get that donated for you, Dogs Trust. Well, Kylie Ann, thank you very much for uh, for coming on. Anything else you'd like to mention? Anything that's going on in the business at the moment that you want to speak about? Uh, no, not that I can no. think of. We're just yeah, we're just gonna just more keep helping people that have been told no. Yeah, and I think people will will hear that from the stories that you've told. It's about, like you say, it's been given clear access to kind of like down to earth, straightforward advice for people, isn't it? That's what you want to give. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Kylie, and I really appreciate it. Speak thank soon. Thank you for having me. So, thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.